Welcome back to I'd Rather Be at the Beach, brought to you by the Bonjour Agency. This is the podcast for school marketing people that's nothing to do with school marketing because you work hard enough already. Now, I'm Simon, former marketing manager turned owner of the Bonjour Agency, the place for school marketing managers. In each episode, I speak to someone in the sector and we don't talk about work, but we get to find out more about them as a person. And in this episode, we're speaking to two people, both from 360 Marketing Lab. You'll know them as Taralyn Cox and Craig Chambers, and they're going to be talking to us about their lives. Now, this is not a sales pitch for them because that's too much like work, but instead we find out about what they both did before working in school marketing and how they both fell into this world. Now, we recorded this right at the end of the summer holidays, which wasn't that long ago, but it feels like a lifetime ago already. Taralyn and Craig are both dialing in from their home offices, so let's connect with them right now as we hear from 360 Marketing Lab's very own Craig Chambers and Taralyn Cox. Craig, Taralyn, thank you for being here and welcome to this episode of the podcast. How are you both doing today? Yeah, really, really good. Thanks, Simon. Just getting ready for a day's work, but thought we might squeeze in a podcast before. <laughs> Fantastic. Taralyn, how about you? Uh, doing really, really well. Uh, staring out my window in my office, looking at the dreary weather, but uh, I'm sure it'll be fine. Uh, also getting ready for a day's work. I think I'm ready for the bank holiday weekend. Very, very ready. We have some editing to do today and uh, yeah, we're going to crack on with that. That's a good point. So bank holiday weekend is coming up. Actually, I'd forgotten it was a bank holiday weekend this weekend. Uh, so we're recording this on Thursday, 25th of August. Uh, and Taralyn, you mentioned that uh, you got, we got dreary weather outside. Of course, with a British summer, you can never tell whether it's going to be beautifully uh, sunny or, or roasting hot, as we've had uh, for, for, for a good few days, actually, during the summer, or very dreary and windy and rainy, which is exactly what it is today. Um, how do you normally go about spending your summer when you're not working with schools? It's actually our busiest time. <laughs> uh, so so we do we do spend it working quite a bit over the summer. We, we rarely take our holidays in the summer because it's when we're, we're doing work things. Not to talk about work too much, but uh, uh, summertime stuff, I, I try to squeeze in a, a good old holiday. Um, that hasn't happened this, this summer, but I will get to have a holiday in October. Uh, other than that, yeah, I just like to sit outside when we are done work at the end of the day. I like to sit outside in the garden, glass of wine, lounging out, um, maybe spend some time with the family. Mm. If, if they're being good, of course. <laughs> it's a good way to do it. Good way to do it. Let's jump across to Craig because in this world of being online, this is just like a Zoom call really, isn't it? Uh, Craig's in his home office as well. Craig, tell us a little bit about your summers, about how your summer holidays often look. Uh, are they as busy as Taralyn's or, or a little bit different? Oh, very much so as busy, yes. Um, so on the family front at the moment and on the work front. So work-wise, uh, we photograph during the summer because that's when everything looks its nicest, plus all the children are not in school. So for virtual tours, that's the perfect time to capture everything. So we mm -hmm. find our summers are pretty hectic. So going away in the summer, like Taralyn said, not such an easy thing to do. As for downtime after work, I have a 13-year-old daughter and a six-month-old daughter. So my time is spent uh, with those guys, really, and my girlfriend. We sort of go and do stuff. It's really nice. Enjoying it. Nice. Nice. Excellent. Uh, what's it like having a 13-year-old and a six-month-old? Because they're, clearly they're very different, aren't they? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Very, very different. Uh, well, very different and very much the same. So the six-month-old is kind of similar to how my 13-year-old was at six months, if that makes sense. Um, they're both great kids, both easy, both uh, sleep through the night, I have no real hassles with them until you want to do things like a podcast 
and uh, she decides she doesn't want to sleep the night before. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And that's when you spend a lot of time up playing and doing all that sort of stuff, trying to convince her to sleep. And then she goes to sleep about an hour before the podcast. So, yeah, she's she's oh. nice and fast asleep right now. And I'm just sat here chatting to, to you, Simon. Yeah, <laughs> Fantastic. Well, in that case, I really appreciate you being here even more so. Um, Craig, tell us a little bit about what you were doing before you started doing the 360 work with Tara Lynn. So I've got a bit of an interesting background. So... I originally started out as a car mechanic, left school, did the whole apprenticeship thing, kept going to work thinking this is not really me, decided I needed a change. And that change turned out to be a cruise ship photographer. So I uh, joined uh, Cunard Cruise Ships, did some photography on there, traveling around from, based in New York, traveling around the Caribbean. Uh, It was great fun, great fun. Nice places to be then. Yeah, yeah, really, really lovely. Um, so I got to see lots of the Caribbean and meet lots of nice people and things like that. It was That was good fun. Uh, left the cruise ship, came back to the UK, started working in school photography, which is how I ended up on this path of where I am now. Mm-hmm. So that was one company I started working for. I then got noticed by another company. Mm-hmm. Uh, he contacted me and uh, offered me a job while I was working for him. It was where I really sort of grew in what I was doing because I I started out as just a, like a school photographer, just taking pictures of children. Mm-hmm. Do you mean the portraits that go back to parents or marketing photos? Yes, exactly that. Yeah, no, portraits that go back to parents. And then I, I got to know the, the owner of the company really well. And um, I said to him, like, I think I can help you improve on like photography and within the company. He was like, okay, let's, let's, have, a, let's have a chat. Mm-hmm. So I sort of pitched my idea to him. He then said, okay, Gave me his credit card and goes, you go get what you need to pr- to give me what you think I need. Okay. And then we'll, we'll sort of do a big presentation and we'll talk about it. So that's what I did. And uh, in that moment, sort of converted how they do photography. Mm-hmm. I moved into the marketing department and started doing marketing photography for school. So like brochure uh, website sort of photography. Mm-hmm. And then after that, left there, started doing my own thing, similar thing but just for myself also doing weddings and all that sort of stuff started dabbling in the 360 market mm-hmm. and then me and Taralyn had a chat my skills and her skills combined created 360 marketing lab so i see i see i've got it so it's great that you came together and started working together like this so, so just for the sake of people listening then you two are business partners and and nothing more than that you've both got your own relationships outside of work Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Craig's my business partner. We met through my partner. They were, uh, my partner was Craig's uh, colleague uh, at this kind of school photography company. And that's how I met Craig. And, and Craig was always with my partner. They'd go out for meals together and send home messages. And they they WhatsApp me images of, of the food they ate every single night when they were away at work. <laughs> <laughs> and the odd night out, uh, get pictures of that as well. And that's how I met I met Craig through through my my partner. So we're still all friends and stuff. But that's when my partner David brought over uh, Craig over for a um, couple of drinks at the house and said, "You two should talk because you have something in common." And that was the three sixty stuff. Now, Taralyn, unless I'm mistaken, uh, Craig is more along the lines of taking the photographs and shooting the three sixty photography. You're more along the lines of marketing. We we don't want to talk too much about work, but but how do you find that works between you? Not from a business point of view as such, but just the fact that one of you is doing one style of work, the other one's doing another style of work. Well, I think I've I've probably said one of 
this before. He he's the yin to my yang, or or whatever, vice versa. We are we make the the perfect bits of one whole person. If you had had to describe the relationship between that, works really really well. Craig is incredibly creative. Uh, you know, knows his way around a, a camera better than anybody I know, and he brings that that element of thinking outside the box and and doing doing all those sorts of things. Um, whereas I, I love spreadsheets and numbers and order and uh, speaking to the clients. Although Craig's incredible with with our with our clients or just people in general, mm. um, Craig likes to make people laugh. Whereas I, I write the best emails and maybe Craig doesn't. I you wouldn't put Definitely me behind not. a camera <laughs> and uh, necessarily uh, to take. I to sometimes take ask Taralyn to. Uh write me an email that i can send <laughs> yes oh, i see okay right got it got it right <laughs> understood completely and Taralyn, you've you've worked in the school sector for a while as well haven't you yeah i think um i've been in the uk for 16 years next month it'll be 16 years mm-hmm. um uh, in a minute I'll, I'll probably talk about my my roots because that's all sorts of interesting there's very assorted uh, stories in there uh but been here 16 years i've been working with schools for almost all of those uh, probably bar the first year uh mm-hmm. and independent schools have been it's been solely working with independent schools for about the last 10 years of those mm. 15 say mm, so mm. um all in in very much a like a marketing and creative capacity mm. tell us about these roots i'm intrigued now so what part of america are you from and what brought you across mm. here 16 years ago i'm from philly uh hey. so yeah i'm from philadelphia uh actually a very nice suburb outside of philadelphia so 50 miles north of philadelphia is a uh i would call it small for uk standards but or sorry, small for American standards, but very large for UK. A school called Quakertown, which actually was, um, I think it was founded by the Quakers and something to do with William Penn and William Penn named Penn. That's the origin of Pennsylvania. Anyway, which is where Philadelphia oh. is for those who don't okay. know. Hmm. So uh, yeah, went to university there, Penn State University, uh, studied uh, business management, but basically hotel, restaurant, um, and institutional management word on institution is a bit of a, it's a bit of a weird one. It's for like prison catering and mm. school catering. Interestingly, um, they go hand in hand, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> well, I think the kids are more unruly than, than the prisoners are sometimes. Uh, so yes, catering, uh, in, in that sort of sense. And, uh, left there, I went and traveled around the world for a, it, backpacking, doing that sort of gap year stuff, Australia, New Zealand, Europe for quite a while. And that's what I did when I left school. Uh, then I went and did it again because I liked it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, wa- I had wanted to set up a, a microbrew pub. Um, and for those who aren't listening, it's, yeah, it's probably exactly what it sounds, just small batch beer brewing. So I was brewing beer when I was in university and it sat hand in hand with the restaurant management sort of thing. And mm. I had been a bartender to put myself through school um, to pay for the extortionate fees and books and and everything else. Uh, I was bartending, which in the States is a very lucrative business mm. and quite well respected as well. So as are earning bank, if you will, as a bartender, I basically stayed bartending because bartenders make more money than managers unless you stay on a certain path and become a general manager or huh. own restaurants, yeah. you're going to make more money net uh, as a bartender. 
Um, so I did that for a very long time um, and moved from there to Florida, lived in Florida for five years, uh, had a baby, got married in that order, um, mm -hmm. and then moved to the UK when my daughter was two with my husband and daughter. And that was back in 2007. And that falls in line with the same time that Craig went from here to the States to work on cruise ships. Not that we knew each other at that <laughs> right. time. Yeah, we worked, worked that the other day because you yeah. were telling me about you flew over here in 2007. I was like, hang on a second. I think I flew over there in 2007. Mm. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. It's this weird like, flip floppy things going on. So um, it's like it's meant to be. Uh, yeah, so uh, that's when I moved here. And I had to, the interesting part about this is I had to start my life over because mm. although I had a restaurant management degree, the service industry here is different and that mm. does not make you lots of money. And certainly mm. bartending or waiting tables absolutely does not make you lots of money. Mm. In fact, it makes you mm. very little. Mm. Um, and I needed to start off on my own and I had to start a new career uh, and I didn't know what to do. And so I ended up um, being a telemarketer <laughs> mm -hmm. for calling schools to sell school photography because uh, I was hired by this company on a on a short con on a ten week contract, mm -hmm. making very probably little money at the time, um, and I had to support my family doing that. So it was I had gone from top of my game in the states to moving over here and starting out very very low on the on a on a low rung shall we say mm. uh nothing to, nothing wrong with telemarketing but I, my expertise was worth absolutely nothing here so uh, my pay went down significantly and everything so i started off in schools and worked my way up from the bottom having to learn the terminology here mm. about how things work in, in general life but also in my job and what schools you know the you know, it's not um, it's not elementary school. It's primary school. It's not high school. It's senior. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. and all the everything to do with with work, but life, banking, how to get a mobile phone contract or cell phone. Yeah, uh, yeah. so I had to reinvent <laughs> yeah. myself in two thousand seven. So tell me how it felt then. You, I mean, in your own words, you you were you were top of your game in the US, and then on I think you said the lowest rung, which is a, a great way of putting it. How did that feel inside yourself at the time? Because that could be quite demoralizing for a lot of people. Hugely demoralizing. I just mm. I I cried myself to sleep every night. I'm not gonna lie. Mm. It was I was going through a rough time in my personal life, which is why I had to do what I needed to do. Um, it it was it was tough times, and to feel like you've You've worked, I mean, what was I, uh, 32 at the time? Um, just to have, you know, to have a university degree that you spent four years working really, really hard at and gone mm. up, 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 up in your career and then to be like whacked down at the age of 32 and go, no, you have to start again. Go, mm. go back to being 18. It's what it was like. Everything was going, you know, everything mm. from your a credit rating to to learning new things, you know, not going back to school to learn your craft, mm. um, but having to have 18 and 19 year olds that are your colleagues at work teach you mm. how things work here. Mm. Um, it was it was horrible. I didn't mm. like that feeling of starting over. And um, yeah, I definitely cried myself to sleep for more reasons than one having mm. to go mm. through that. Um, and you worry, then you think to yourself, what's going to happen to the future? It's going to take me till I'm in my 40s to feel like I was two months ago when I left mm. America. Mm. And 
where does that put my mm. retirement? And like, mm. you start looking at the long plan and it's like, I've just lost more than 10 years of my life mm. gone for, for mm. all sorts of things. It was, yeah, not nice, not nice at all. But I can say where I am now, I can be so proud of myself that I've managed to claw it all back, if that makes sense. Well, they often say, don't they, that it's not it's not the number of times you get knocked down is how you respond to getting knocked down. And, you know, it's, it's, it's one thing to read about that on a on a Facebook picture with a sunrise in the background. But it's completely different. I imagine if you're in that situation and you've actually got to pick yourself up, dust yourself down and then kind of get on without being too, too demoralized from it. Yeah. Yeah. It was just all about looking looking to the future. How are you how are you going to change things and how are you going to learn stuff? And so mm. I just. Mm. That's, that's the point where I started working with schools and we're like, this is my new career, then I guess I'm just going to work with schools. And it just came as a, a fluke that I applied for a job as something. I just mm. needed to make money. It, was, it, it wasn't about finding my perfect thing. It was just, I need to make money or, I, mm. or I'm going to be homeless. <laughs> this isn't going to be good. So um, I ended up choosing schools. And mm. so almost it chose me. Mm. Uh, and here I am all these years later. Um, having worked with schools all that time and not only learned the lingo, but then learn how they work and networking with people and all the friends I've made that they started off as clients. And I've, I have people that I communicated with 10 years ago at a school and they're just still my friend. Like we're just mm. still in touch. Mm. It's lovely. Now, of course, one of these places where it's easy and really good to network with people is things like the AMKIS conference. Uh, and I know that you guys were exhibiting at the AMKIS conference in May earlier this year. Uh, without talking about the work side of things, tell us a little bit about what you get from being at a conference like AMKIS. Ah, uh, yeah, well, this was my first sort of conference. So for me, this was really exciting. Uh, one, I get to talk about what I love to do. And then two, uh, I find out more about the people that were potentially work with so I got to sit next to somebody at the table in the evening um, she was absolutely lovely and we had a good chat and we didn't just talk about work which was really nice we made an effort just to find out about each other mm. and uh, from that she's even booked us so it was like a perfect sort of scenario really I got to know the person I got to learn a little bit about her plus she liked what we do so it was the perfect situation for me. It was a really good experience, actually. Mm, mm. Terrilyn, how about you? Because, you know, if your background is more marketing and, and Craig's is more sort of on, on the technical side, I mean, it sounds like Craig was properly in his element there at AMKIS, but uh, I, I guess the same thing was for you as well. Yeah, I wasn't nervous, but like Craig said, it was his first first time. So it was a bit of a learning experience for him, but he he was flying. He did better than I, I did. I could have just sat down and just let him carry on. Um, for me, it was it was great to go to there, go there. And I've I've done Amkes for many years in different hats when I in, in my different previous roles. Mm. Um, and I've always just found it's one of the best conferences to go to because it's um, as much as it's about learning stuff, it's about the networking side of things. But this one in particular being, I think everyone who went to AMCAS would agree, the first mm. one that everyone could go to straight out of all the lockdowns and mm. all of the pain and suffering that we've all had and the different ways of working to go back to that little bit of normality. But then again, mm. it was a little bit a far departure from normal normality. It just got mm. everyone together. People mm. haven't seen each other except on a Zoom call for mm. all that time and put them all in a room and they have so much to say 
and we talked about different things that we normally would talk about. We mm. actually connected as people instead of trying to sell stuff to people and buy stuff from people. And everyone wasn't so grumpy. <laughs> everyone mm -hmm. was yeah. everyone was the exact opposite of that. We all just I think we all were just just talking yeah. and talking. I think we could have spent two or three more days there without having the same conversation over and over again. Like yeah. I think we should just we should have just had sleepovers. Like it would have been great. <laughs> it just let's have this extended Amkiss conference. Everyone else in, in um in like sleeping bags on the floor. It's just been been great. It felt like a camp out. Uh, it was amazing seeing everybody and having the different mm. conversations without a doubt. I love all this. And note for Tori, Tori, if you're listening, then then next year we need to have a, a six day Amkiss conference. Um, if, if that's not enough to stress Tori out, then I don't know what is. Um, <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe some help from Rachel there as well. Uh, okay, right. Both of you, I'd love to know if for some weird reason, the world of school marketing simply didn't exist anymore. And that was an industry or a sector that you that neither of you could work in. What industry would you choose to do or what would you choose to do instead? Oh, that's an interesting one. Ah, um, what would I choose to do? I think something to do if I did if if I didn't have my family and things like this, then something with travel, because mm -hmm. I did enjoy the, that aspect of when I was on the cruise ship. Um, but I like also being my own boss. So if I could do something where I would just travel around, maybe have a YouTube channel and do like photo video stuff on locations and do all that sort of stuff, mm. I would mm. choose to do that. Um, yeah, I think that's something I would. Have liked to have done if this wasn't what we were doing yeah yeah okay good one i like that craig Taralyn. for me it, this is something even when i finished university uh i definitely wanted to be my own boss and run my own business and at that point i if i wasn't going to work with brew pubs um and use my degree for that i did think something like running a b uh, a b and b or mm. yeah my own sort of accommodation thing but now that I'm older and I like the uh, the more luxurious things in life, I would have to it would have to be something very very high end. So I would want to do that luxury accommodation, mm -hmm. where you where you kind of don't work Sunday to Friday and you're just mm -hmm. you just except for a bit of admin and then on Saturday you just have a cleaning crew go into like yet like own five villas luxury villas that are in I don't know the Maldives or mm. Croatia, which is absolutely 100% where I'm going to retire. Um, fingers crossed in last years than I hope it's going mm -hmm. to be. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, uh, blue water, white sand, lovely people, lovely food, have most of the week off, but work a little bit, just managing some, some you know, Airbnbs, B&Bs, um, mm. that sort of luxury accommodation thing. That's what mm. I would love. Still be my own boss. And I get to eat grilled octopus and drink cold wine on a beach <laughs> in my off time. That is the dream. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to go to Croatia now. I've never been there before, but a lot of people who go to Croatia say that it's a great place. Tell us why for you Croatia is a good place to go. I think I describe it as it's like Italy, but half the price bluer water much bluer water it's got the water of the maldives the mm -hmm. the the sand of not quite the maldives <laughs> mm -hmm. um but lovely lovely beaches the the people are brilliant the food is brilliant it's it's like italy um a lot of italian food influences a lot of grilled seafoods and things um i'm, very, I'm a big foodie big big foodie mm -hmm. and uh but without the italians and half the cost 
mm. without the without extreme tourism. It's getting busier. Um, mm -hmm. People are calling it the new Ibiza. It has a big party vibe. I love dance festivals. Oh, I like to mm -hmm. dance, mm -hmm. even at my old age. Um, <laughs> but yeah, stick me in Ushuaia and Ibiza and I'm in my element. So um, yeah, big, big, quite happy with that. So that's why I love Croatia. Nice, nice party vibe, sunshine and beaches. Nice. Nice. I like it. Mm -hmm. uh, Craig, where's your dream destination? I'm thinking about future Craig when you're doing your Peter McKinnon vlog style YouTube channel. Uh, where, where in the world <laughs> would you be doing all of this? Oh, yeah. One location. Wow. Um, so my girlfriend is from Bulgaria, um, where I have ventured to recently. And mm -hmm. um, I've actually grown to love the place. It's actually extremely beautiful. Like Tarolin was saying about Croatia, it's sort of one of those like hidden gems. Hmm. And um, it has like an amazing weather system. So like in the winter, it's properly winter. Over here in the UK, I find we have rain. Mm. Like we have rain with a bit of sunshine here and there. Mm. And we don't really get much of a winter. We don't, it's not like separated out like how it should be. Mm. Whereas in places like Bulgaria, Croatia, you get these amazing, like in the winter, it's really winter with proper snow. And in the summer, it's really summer. So yeah, I kind of like that bulgaria kind of vibe like taran was saying croatia's like nice and cheap mm -hmm. bulgaria is the same so you get you feel like you get a lot for your money basically mm. and the people mm. are just amazing when i went to stay with my girlfriend's family like the whole they live in a village the whole village knows you like i've i literally landed and everybody knew who i was oh, it's, wow. a, it's a really it's a really nice sort of community feel mm. um i think we've lost that over here i think Everyone mm. sort of is just on their own over here. Even I, in my street, I probably know, I know one of my neighbors mm. by first mm. name only. Like, mm. and that, that's how it is over there. Everybody knows everybody. So it's just a really nice place to be. Well, it sounds good. Croatia, Bulgaria. I'm going to have to check out both these countries. Never been to either of them, but um, both of them sound pretty appealing. Okay, guys, we need to bring this to a close in a minute, but I'm dying to ask you, tell us one thing in a nutshell that you're both into, that each of you are into, that is nothing at all to do with work. <laughs> that is a hard one to to answer. Uh, probably could be really boring and, God, Simon, I don't really have an answer. Sorry, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what I do besides work. Yeah, Stan, you're gonna to have to start looking at your life now, Tara. This, this question has made you start to think. I know. Oh my, I, I need to actually get a life outside of work. Yeah, I just, I just don't. I guess I don't know. I work. I finish work. I have a glass of wine. I do something with my 17 year old daughter or my partner. Mm -hmm. that, that's it. I'm quite boring. I think you'll end up cutting this bit because I have nothing to offer. <laughs> no, I think we should leave this in, Taralyn. Um, no, no. Everyone will know how boring I am. Paints, paints the picture really well. At least people will know if they work with you, they, they, they've got you full time. They absolutely have me full time. I'm too dedicated. You're not going to disappear one day to go and do some sort of uh, wakeboarding uh, or something like that. No, no. No. <laughs> no wakeboarding. I don't. I don't knit. I don't read. I. I don't. Uh, I don't bicycle. I don't do anything. I don't work out. I. I boring. Do you, do you party? I like wine. I party. Yes. There you go. I, that that, make, that paints a... me a bad picture. But I do. Oh, we do have big parties at, at the house. 
Um, that, that's they're festivals. Like, they're not parties. They, she has yeah, mini we, festivals. We have small festivals oh, this in sounds our good. This sounds good. Okay, I'm I'm intrigued by this. Okay, so we have like um, like Ibiza DJ. Uh, we we build like outdoor like we built an outdoor room that was a bar. So we built a bar, a f- like floor and two walls, and we dressed it up like a pub. So we called it the Stag. So we had a big big signage on the outdoor room that said the Stag, mm-hmm. and um, and uh, full cocktail menu that we had to uh, like print it up and put up on the bar. And then because of my bartending days, I put out like all the stuff that you'd need. I, we're not talking about eight bottles of alcohol. We're probably talking about like 60 and just mm-hmm. all sorts. And then people come up and order the stuff and you got they beat the music. And then we put like a games, a marquee up and like games, beer pong, huge. We have a big beer pong tournament mm-hmm. and, and other games um, that we put out. And then we have a big cinema screen as well that when we're doing like party party, we'll put um like uh almost like a youtube playlist so there's something on the movie screen so the screen mm. is six meters by four meters no. it's a blow-up screen okay it's massive yeah mm. yeah so we put that up and we'll put like just random visuals on the screen while we're playing our music or we have movie nights um and we anger all of our neighbors they definitely dislike us which is why we don't have any relationships with our neighbors um <laughs> speaking about community and yeah so we do big party nights uh i think we just need more people to come to them i think it, i think we could definitely double our numbers um so now that we've done the podcast maybe people would like to invite themselves there we go open <laughs> invitation then to anyone listening to i'd rather be at the Absolutely. beach right now or future episodes you're welcome at tara Lynn's, uh, festivals I, I i love this on the one hand you say you have a boring life on the other hand you have mini glastonbury's going on in your back garden so i well, I, I think i think i need to reevaluate mine in that case craig how about you what what sort of things are you into when you're not at work Wow, if I'm not attending one of these festivals at Taralyn's, um, I like taking on uh, little. This this will sound boring now compared to. I was thinking I was going to sound cool, and then <laughs> no. Taralyn then brought up the whole festival thing, and now mine sounds really boring. But um, I like taking on little projects like um, like restoring tables and chairs, like an old piece of furniture that just looks like an old piece of furniture, mm. and then you just make it look like a modern piece of furniture mm. or uh electrical equipment that's broken i like to take it apart have a look at why it's broken potentially fix mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. um yeah just geeky stuff like that and uh um yeah that's sort of if i have spare time which i don't get much of with a six month old but if i do have then yeah i'll do i'll do things like that yeah well geeky is the new cool in 2022 so i i think you're right up there craig just as cool as tara Lynn is just as cool almost celebrity status then in, in that case. <laughs> Uh, guys we need to bring this to a close in a minute if anyone's been listening to this and they want to find out more about 360 um, in their school not that it's a promotion for you guys but just tell us where they could find you if they wanted to find out more about it Uh, you can visit our website at uh, 360marketinglab.co.uk or have a look at Instagram or Facebook Instagram is uh, 360marketing.lab and you can look us up on Facebook just use the search term but yeah we're Mm -hmm. based in the Midlands and come find us have a look at what we do it's unique are we going to start posting Glastonbury invites on on (laughs) yeah yeah just just DM me for the Glastonbury invite it'll be next summer of course but yeah yeah we should change it It can't be Glastonbury it has to be like Glastonbury or something we have to change it slightly yeah 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 okay well we'll put a link to the to those different sites in the show notes but guys thank you very much for being here thanks both of you for your time uh, especially during summer holidays especially given that it's so busy for you guys during summer holidays but uh, really appreciate you being here and talking to us about your world thank you very much thanks simon thanks for having us thank you simon 
So that was Craig Chambers and Tarolyn Cox telling us about their lives before school marketing and, you heard it here first, Tarolyn's open invitation to join her for a mini festival. Now, meanwhile, the really interesting thing is that you're still here listening, proving that people listen to podcasts all the way through to the end. To find out more about podcasting in your school for your own marketing purposes, then come visit our website, www.thebonjouragency.com, and you can find out more there. But in the meantime, Tarolyn, Craig, thank you both for being here for this episode. Really good to hear from you and to you, dear listener. Thank you for being here to listening to this episode. The next one is coming out soon. So click that option to follow or subscribe. And it just means that you won't miss it. But we'll see you next time. Bye for now.